You're listening to the Flacco Czar Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Flacco Czar Podcast. I know it has been quite some time, right? I think the last one we had was sometime in May was my last episode. So we're starting season two now. Uh, A lot of things have happened since then. I believe the last thing that I left you with was that I was having a class reunion with my classmates from CTC 198, cadet training class that began in January of 1998. I met up with quite a few friends that I hadn't seen in quite a long time, and it was great. We, We started out downtown Sacramento, did a little pub crawl through the evening. Uh, it's one of it was one of those times where, at least for me, I wish the day didn't end. Uh, I wish the time never end. But you know, like everything, all good things must come to an end. So for me, it was very therapeutic. I would say it was food for my soul. It really helped me get right with a lot of things and and you may be wondering why why was that a big deal it's under the circumstances that I left the department um, I had this preconceived idea of the way certain people felt about me or whatever and come to realize that 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 wasn't the case let's see what else I turned 50 I'm now officially half a century years old uh, look in the mirror and, you know, I don't recognize that guy that I used to see 25 years ago, 30 years ago, a lot more lines. It is what it is. I still, I still think that I'm 18 in my mind, but you know, my body don't feel that. So half a century years old and reminiscing, thinking about the things that I've gone through, man, I, I have a lot of experience i've lived a lot of life so far and i would venture to say that i've done a lot more than than most people and i'm still trucking on went to my friend good friend david corona's retirement party he retired from the chp uh it seems like a lot of my friends they're they're turning 50 and they've either retired last year or they retired this year um and it's great to see that uh and there's a few more upcoming Rob, I'm sorry I'm not going to be able to be there, but uh, I'm going to be out of town, unfortunately, for that. Sorry, buddy. I appreciate the offer. Uh, these guys are, are retiring, and it, it's great to see because, you know, unfortunately, in this line of work, the Highway Patrol Law Enforcement and then the military and fire department, those types of, not everybody gets out alive, right? And nobody, nobody gets out unscathed. Some way, shape, or form, you're going to feel it. You're going to go through some stuff, whether physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever. Law enforcement will do a number on you. And it really affects everything else in your life unless you have good balance, which is the challenge is to maintain balance in your life with anything. And with law enforcement, it, it can be extremely difficult. So that was awesome. That was great to see. Uh, you know, saw some old friends that I hadn't seen in a long time as well. You know, Dave and I go 
way back, of course, we were academy classmates, but, you know, we were roommates. We had an apartment together. We broke in down in East Los Angeles together, and we had some good times back then. And they say, once from East, always from East. 535, man, that was some good times. And unfortunately, over the years, this past few years, there was a big, uh, big drama that unfolded in the East Los Angeles area. And there was a huge turnover. And, you know, from what I've heard, it's, a, it's an entirely different mindset. Um, you know, the Highway Patrol, much like the military, is all about tradition and a lot of well, it's been done this way, so this is how we're going to continue to do it. Well, things are changing. Not everything's done the same anymore. Um, for instance, <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting to talk about this, but for instance, let's you know there's this platform out there called TikTok, right? I'm sure a lot of you have heard of it. Maybe you even dabble in it. Maybe you've seen some of my TikTok videos, and I put them out there just for people to laugh. You know, you can't make fun of yourself or like Jimmy Buffett said, if we weren't all crazy, we'd all go insane. Rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett. I've, I've been to four Jimmy Buffett concerts. Uh, the first one was in New Orleans in 1993. My friend uh, Jason, another roommate of mine, we were in the Navy. You know, he turned me on to Jimmy Buffett. I, I had I had never heard of Jimmy Buffett prior to meeting these guys um, growing up how I grew up. I only listened to hip-hop. I only listened to rap. I mean, that was my main thing. And it wasn't until I got into after boot camp that I was around a bunch of people from other areas that I started listening to different music. And I remember Pearl Jam 10 was the first non-hip-hop, non-rap album that I ever bought. And that, that, is, that is a fantastic album. And then, of course, other people turned me on to a lot of other things. But... Uh, Going to that Jimmy Buffett concert in 93 was, was quite an experience. Uh, I had no idea what I was in for. Uh, the concert didn't start till like 7 o'clock, but we got there like 12 o'clock in the afternoon, and the party was already going. And it went like all day long up until the concert and through the concert. I mean, that was just an amazing time. And then I subsequently went to three more after that, Biloxi and then a couple more in Mountain View, California. And unfortunately, it's been... Quite a number of years, maybe over 20 years since I've seen him in concert. And now, unfortunately, I will never get to see him in concert again. But uh, Mr. Buffett, thank you for the memories because they really meant a lot during that time through the Navy. I can relate a lot of, a lot of nautical stuff. So TikTok, you know, this platform, it's, it's become a search engine now. You, you know, you want to learn something, you want to see something, you go on there and you type it in and people show you how to do stuff. Like, I'm trying to learn some, not any TikTok dances, but I'm trying to learn how to wepa. And, you know, great recipes. You can find a lot of great recipes on there. The other thing that you see, there's the TikTok live where people go on live and they answer a lot of questions. There's this one guy that I do follow, Rico Knows. Now, if you know that I'm a big sports fan, and then this year, it's about time. Tomorrow starts the NFL, fantasy football is going to be in full swing. Rico, this guy, man, has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to not just the NFL, but college as well and high school. Dude, this guy does his research. He is a great source of information, and so I watch him a lot because he does a live. Well, one day, I was sitting on the couch. It was a Saturday. 
just taking a break and I was thumbing through TikTok and what do you know was on live. There was a pursuit that involved the CHP. And specifically, where did it come from? It started east and it came west and ended up in downtown Los Angeles where central LA took over. And it was stopped on Figueroa between 7th and 8th. And they had it in a, would have been a felony stop. Didn't look like a felony stop. But it's in downtown uh, Los Angeles. I don't know why LAPD was not involved at that time. but So they had this car stopped. It was a red truck, like a little Toyota or Nissan, two-door, small, older truck, one, one person inside. And the CHP was buying, and they had like at least six units out there. Six. Six. Okay. I don't know what priority was that day, but I'm sure it was somewhere around 15 if they even have the staffing anymore. So six units not on the freeway. Who's who's doing what out there? All right. But aside from me, you know, saying anything. They're going to do what they're going to do, right? So there were six CHP units out there. One of them was a trainee. I can I knew that right away. You, you see the FNGs, you know who they are right away. And, you know, she was on the car that was to the right, and she was on the passenger side, and she just had her 40 out. I don't know why she didn't have her rifle or the shotgun. Maybe the FTO didn't allow her to use it, but she had her gun her service weapon train on this car for over an hour, okay? While the other guys were all smoking and joking off to the side, okay? The optics were bad. This car was stopped, and both sides of the streets were just filled with people. So nobody made an attempt to go up to this person, but yet there are and if this is a felony stop, because I believe it was an armed robbery, something like that. Don't know the specifics. But people line up on both sides of the street. And then I couldn't believe what I saw. People were walking up to this guy in this truck, giving him beers, giving him cigarettes. And you can see it was all live on TikTok on a couple different angles. Like I was thumbing through and you can see a bunch of different lives from different angles of what's going on. This guy is sitting here drinking beers while he stopped, smoking cigarettes and people out there joking and stuff. Meanwhile, everybody's just back, just waiting. You know, the FNG, she's over there with the gun trained on them. Everybody else is smoking and joking. Guess they're waiting for LAPD. LAPD shows up about an hour, hour and a half later with uh, SWAT. They get up there. And when they start getting their Bearcats in the position, they're moving the, the CHP units out of the way. That truck finally decides to take off. He takes off. The Bearcat goes after them. There was another CHP off there. I didn't see. That was perpendicular. I don't know if it was the 7th or 8th. To this fleeing vehicle, came at him, kind of head him off. I don't know what he was thinking. Head him off. The car stopped. Bearcat, they, they blocked him in. And they took the suspect out without any issues. And then after that, I saw the SWAT team member, it must have been the guy in charge, the sergeant, whatever, just chew out the CHP officers. Shoot them out. Right there on the camera. So, number of issues. One, wow. Now, I can sit here and, and, and 
we could tear apart that. And it wasn't on regular TV. This was just TikTok um, live. People out there are just filming. But the optics, what I saw was just, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it because the things that we would used to do, uh, we would have gone up there and we would have took that guy out right away. We would have took him out of the car, right? I mean, there was there were vehicles parked on the shoulder on the on the sides. We could use as as cover as we we've made our approaches. I mean, there's a lot of things. But these guys just stood back and did nothing. And not only did they did nothing, they weren't even paying attention to this guy. This FNG straight out of boot, straight out of the academy is over here. She's got her little forty trained on this guy instead of her rifle or shotgun. Uh, so I reached out to a bunch of people and. From the feedback that I got, it's, uh, things aren't the same anymore. Like, in the eight years that I've been gone, things have changed quite a bit. And now I can see why the people that I know, as soon as they turn 50, they're gone. You know, they're not maxing out. They're gone at 50. There's a reason. And I'm not... Not talking bad about the Highway Patrol because, man, they gave me a lot of good years. I have a good life, okay? You know, I'm very proud of that. Uh, and, and the jobs that I did there and the roles that I had in that department. But the things that I was just seeing, I was just incredible. And then if the supervisor there could look like he could not make a decision, uh, it's just, wow, is that is that what we've come to? You know, there it took LAPD to get there over an hour later before they decided, okay, let's get these people there on both sides of the street watching this. If this guy does have a gun, let's let's get them out of here for their safety. What the hell? That I mean, that's like common sense. Like right away, we shut this down. We get everybody out there because we're gonna go and we're gonna take this guy. I don't know. It was just. It's incredible, and I, for my friends out there who are supervisors and managers and above, I do not envy you. I do not envy you. The decisions that you have to make nowadays in this political climate and the rules of engagement have changed. And I don't know if it's better or worse because I'm not out there, but I'll tell you what, I know what the optics make it look like. And... You don't look too good. So, there was that. <laughs> you know, there was that. Um, you know, but on the flip side, we had these rains that came in in Southern California, right? These, these from this tropical depression, uh, Hillary that came in there, and there was a lot of rain. Well, you know, I worked a lot of years out in the Indio area, and man... I tell you what, those guys were working in, in all those areas. You know, just, just Indio, but the Banning area, everywhere in Southern California with those rains, especially those desert areas, they were working their ass off, helping people, saving people. Um, roads getting washed out, freeways getting washed away. Uh, almost entire neighborhoods flooded up there in Cathedral City, right at Vista Chino. You could see the north part of Panorama. Panorama Park area, right off of Date Palm. That was bad, you know. And living down there and working down there, rains were 
scarce but not uncommon and when they come there was lots of water and we would see roads get washed out all the time jefferson before it is now was just a two-lane road and i remember jefferson getting washed out just before 111 you know i remember portola getting washed out that over that got washed. there was lots of roads that get washed out all the time and you know it was just a a, a reason to rebuild and expand and and of course that whole area of the coachella valley is expanded you know i was there when i think i've told you this before i was there when coachella started the festival you know we when india was really really small and the entire area around it was unincorporated we were the ones who did all the traffic control for all that. And then, of course, the money came in and, you know, that helped build this city. So India is a pretty sizable department now. Um, and everybody knows what Coachella has become and Stagecoach. And, you know, there's this other concerts that happen in October. There's the Metallica's coming back there again in October. Yeah. Great time to be down there and live in. Aside for those rains, and aside for the smell of, the putrid smell of the Salton Sea that comes out every August and September, it's a great place to live, especially in the fall and the spring. It's just beautiful, you know, and if you love golf, that's a place to be, man. There's so many golf courses out there, man, so many. In the summertime, when it's 115, you can really get good deals <laughs> playing golf on those golf courses because there ain't anybody out there playing. I remember my buddy and I would be playing on PGA West, 35 bucks. Can't play PGA West for $35, but we did because we were playing in 110 degree weather. So that's for that. What else has happened? Uh... Both my sons had their birthdays. Joey's now 19. Sammy's 12. He's still playing travel ball. Um, and now, like I said before, football is starting tomorrow. And I heard from a buddy yesterday that he was drafting today. I'm like, who is who's drafting right now? I mean, it should have been done already, right? You'd think. I mean, I understand wanting to wait to see who is going to be cut and the injuries. I mean, I mean, I guess it'll be good to know with, you know, Jonathan Taylor and Bosa and um, Chris Jones, people like that, you know, because that's really important in the draft. How long are these people going to hold out? How long are they going to be injured for? How long, you know, do you draft them now or put them on the bench? Do you take up a roster spot? It really depends on how deep that bench is. Or how many spots you have available. Um, so I can understand that. But waiting this long. You know we, we drafted a couple weeks ago. And uh, sufficient amount of time. Because that way we can. We didn't like certain people on our, our rosters. We could trade. And you know, there's time to do that. But uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. I know there's a lot of talk. Oh, man, I don't know if you, any of you guys who are listening there get on Twitter. I mean, I've been on Twitter for 13 years, a little over 13 years now, and it's a great, was it was a great source for finding information for fantasy football, like, like, um, status of players, injuries, things like that, rumors. That was great. 
But it has become a hate fest, especially on 49ers. And, and I'm a 49er fan. Um, but, you know, I understand some people are contrarians. There's like Grant Cohn out there. And, you know, there's another guy that I've been kind of following, um, Ryan Hensley. Uh, sometimes they act a bit contrarian. Um, you know, not hate, but giving sort of what ifs or how can. Um, I remember I grew up in the 70s and 80s, so I remember when the 49ers were bad. I remember when the 49ers were good, and then I remember when the 49ers were bad again. And right now, regardless of who the coach is and the quarterback situation, they've been in a great situation for the past five, six years. Because prior to that, it was crap. Couldn't even figure out a quarterback, couldn't figure out a coach. You know, luckily, you know, the early 2000s, we had, or 2010s, we had 11, 12, we had Harbaugh. And that was good for a while. But prior to that, between 2002 and Harbaugh, it was it was crap. You know, Mike Nolan and Singletary. And then after Harbaugh, it was uh, Tom Sula and Chip Kelly and really bad. So we got Kyle Shanahan, and I believe that he's done a great job with what he has. Now, do they make the best choices all the time? Like, man, I'm not a, a GM. But I'm sure they're out there trying to make the best decisions as possible with what they have. And there is so much criticism, especially when it came to uh, Trey Lance. People wanted uh, so much about people were saying about how they wish things Kyle would lose his job or how terrible they are because the way that they handled the Trey Lance situation. We're not inside. We don't know what's going on in there. But you can see that he wasn't ready. He had been given over two years. And, of course, his injuries are happening. So then he had a cap situation here because they got to sign Bosa. Still hasn't happened yet, but I'm sure it will. So they traded him to the Cowboys. And people who are 49er fans, all of a sudden they want the 49ers to have a horrible season because of that trade or the way that they handled Trey Lance. And I'm trying to compare Trey Lance's situation with Alex Smith. They gave Alex Smith five years and they gave Trey Lance only a couple snaps. Well, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Whatever. So, this is going to be an interesting year for the 49ers going there with Brock Purdy. Sam Darnold is their backup. Uh, I believe Brock Purdy has the capabilities to just to do what he needs to do. You know, he's not Flash, but he's got Moxie. And sometimes that's all you need because if you if everybody believes in him, team rallies around him. They play better. You know, he knows how to get through the ball to the right. He doesn't need to throw it down the field, right? Because the receivers that they have are yards after the catch receivers. And he's got a short intermediate passes. Boom. And let them do the work after. Debo, Ayuk, Juan Jennings, Kittle. Have you seen this guy, Ronnie Bell? He'll be something later on. And you got McCaffrey. So... 
the question is the quarterback. Can Brock stay healthy? Dude, he won eight games. A third stringer coming off the bench. He won eight games. And there's so much hate about him. I, I don't understand it. You know, just be happy that we have a capable quarterback that they found in the very last pick of the draft. How cool is that? How cool is that? And then you have the Raiders out there. I, all of my friends and much of my family are Raiders fans. And even they'll tell you they're, they don't know what that organization is doing. And they're a mess. And if we know, 49 fans, we know Jimmy Garoppolo is, um, he's fragile. He's going to get hurt. And then what are you going to do? You know, everybody's talking about their backup, Connell. I just don't think Josh McDaniels is the right coach. I don't. I didn't think it when they hired him, and I still don't think it now. And unfortunately, you know, the Raiders are in a good spot because they're over there in Vegas. I don't talked about this before because it's a destination spot. So people come in to watch their team play the Raiders. It gives them an excuse to go to Vegas. It was genius. Genius to move a team over there, especially somebody like the Raiders, because it only been it would only be a couple teams that could pull that off. The Raiders, the Cowboys, of course, the Cowboys will never, ever, ever move. And oh, speaking of the Cowboys, you know they got Trey Lance, but did you see? And 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 you'll see what I'm meaning. Did you see that Colorado TCU game? Uh, Deion Sanders has turned Colorado around in a heartbeat. They were a 1-10 team last year. They won one game last year. So this year, they go in and play the team in, in Texas. Go play a team that was lost in the national championship game in TCU. Yeah, they lost a lot of players. They're not the same team, but they're still is TCU. Colorado replaced just about 70-80% of the entire team thanks to the transfer portal. And he's got them dialing, and his son threw for 510 yards. They had four receivers with over 100 yards. And one player, Travis Hunter, played every snap. Played every snap as a receiver and as a defensive back. And he had an interception. And I'll tell you, man, somebody like him, which I can see why why Dion is enamored by somebody like them because it reminds him of himself, dual sport. You guys remember, Dion played both baseball and football and excelled at both. Kind of like Bo Jackson, but Dion was like another level. Uh Colorado, if Dion can sustain this, wouldn't be surprising if either a bigger program than Colorado, Colorado is going to the Big 12 next year. The Pac-12 is just disintegrated. It is gone. It was like overnight that the Pac-12 disappeared. Started two years ago, a year ago, 
when USC and UCLA announced that they were leaving for the Big Ten. And everybody's wondering what was going on. And where they fall, where the Pac-12, or back then it was a Pac-10, faltered, was not getting Texas, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State like they were going to do. But it all revolved around television contracts. And it didn't work out. Now Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC. So USC and UCLA, they moved on to the Big Ten because they were going to get bigger bigger money out of those television contracts. So then what did Oregon and Washington do this year? They're like, man, we can't stick around with this. So they go to the Big Ten. So then that leaves only a few other schools that are actually worth anything. And Cal and Stanford are now going to the ACC, which would be kind of cool because unfortunately now up here in Northern California, I'm not going to be able to see USC come up as much anymore. But you're going to get Florida State and Clemson coming over. That'll be pretty neat to see. So you're going to get all these different matchups. You know, I can't wait when the USC goes to the Big Ten. I don't know what they're going to call it now. And then matchups between uh, Michigan and Oregon, I mean, Ohio State. And those are legend. That's going to be, those are going to be epic matches. I mean, I'd like to go to the big house and watch a game under the lights. That would be pretty cool. You know, but what if Dion sustains this level and I'm, I'm actually watching that game kind of worried for USC because you would think that USC would have addressed their defensive issues. And it still seems I'm hoping that they, they get their, get things going a little bit better. Cause when they start playing uh, other teams that actually can put up a fight defensively, they might have some issues. Colorado, I mean, they're off and they give up 42 points. So, you know, they're lacking in some defense too. But USC and Colorado should be a shootout. That's going to be a game you're going to want to watch. I mean, it's, it's looking forward to that one. But again, getting back, I guess, I know I get a little sidetracked. What if he goes to one of these bigger schools or, or, and I wanted Harbaugh. I would have been afraid if Harbaugh went there. But Dion's changing the culture. And he's doing things a different way. And, and he's showing everybody, you know, he went to HBC school and, and turned that program around and put them on the map, Jackson State, which got him hired over here in Colorado. And he's doing his thing. I don't know if you saw when he first got over to Colorado and he had that, it was on TikTok, it was all this, he, he told all the Colorado players, hey, you know, transfer portal's opening, you might be looking for another place because I'm bringing baggage and it's Louis, aka Louis Vuitton, and he did. So, what if America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, have another crappy year, because they will, because they got Dak Prescott as their quarterback, and they got Mike McCarthy, who's their head coach, who's the game has passed him by. And Jerry Stone says, you know what? I'm done with you guys. And brings Deion Sanders over as the head coach. Wow. We think about that. Some of you are probably like, no, no, that won't work. Whatever. Hey, man, head coach is a CEO. He's a motivator, right? 
you watch Hard Knocks, you've seen Salah, he motivates the heck out of that guy, out of his team. You know, he's just got to put the right people in place to do the right things. And then he goes out and motivates, gets people to do their job. And look at those kids in Colorado, they play their ass off for him. They did at Jackson State. You don't think they will do that in the NFL? He knows how to, he knows how to motivate men. He knows how to motivate people and get them to do what he needs them to do in order to win. I mean, he's proven he's a winner. Sorry, I don't know if you can hear my dogs in the background. They're going off for whatever reason. But that would be another monumental shift if Dion next year or two ends up at a SEC school or a or an NFL team. And he won't just take any NFL team, you know. Or maybe he might, might just to turn it around. Because rumor has it, Arizona's quietly tanking to try to get the first pick in the draft this next year, Caleb Williams. But his dad has already said, you know, if they don't like where who's getting the number one pick, he might stay in for another year. Caleb's only a junior. He can stay another year. Probably make just as much money at USC, staying another year, winning another Heisman. But... Shadur, Dion's son, he put himself on the map, you know, and we didn't, we didn't really pay attention to him while he was in Jackson State. I mean, he's going up against smaller schools, but now in Colorado, he's center stage, and all eyes are on that. Man, this is going to be fantastic to watch. Fantastic to watch. Kind of like Shohei Utani, man. It's fantastic to watch. And... Here's the thing about Shohei. I know I kind of jumped off the subject here. This is what I do. It's my ADD. I go from one place to another real quick. He is, here's, the, I think, his biggest impact in baseball, all right, is that not that he hits a ton of home runs for a pitcher and still is an ace, is that he has shown that it can be done Kind of like what Steph Curry has done for basketball. And everybody's a three-point shooter. Everybody's a perimeter player. Shohei has opened the door to show that, hey, you don't have to fit the mold where just because you pitch, you don't hit. You don't have to hit. And we'll hide you as, as a number nine batter or, you know, we'll have a DH. Because Shohei is the DH. He's showing it can be done. So in the forthcoming years, there will be more players like him. Maybe not as good as him because he's he's amazing, but players like him. You know, the only person that I can remember that was somewhat something like that was Madison Bumgarner. You know, that guy would hit dingers. Not as consistent or in the magnitude as Shohei Otani. But, and this is what I'm saying about people, you know, why I brought Shohei up with uh, Deion Sanders and his program is because it's people showing there is another way, opening doors for something new that people thought couldn't be done and is now being done right before our very own eyes. And I, I have to make an admission to you guys. I, in one of my podcasts in the back, I said, hey, in the past, I say, hey, 
It's going to be a great year for the San Diego Padres. Whoa, was I wrong. That team imploded. I don't know if it's too many egos on that team and Bob Melvin doesn't know how to handle $300 million players, like a lot of them, because he was working with Lint and Buttons out there in in Oakland. But he's a good manager, so I'm sure they will figure it out. Might have to shed some weight. But, man, I, I just have to come in a minute, man. I'm, I'm not always right. I was wrong on that one. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And my Giants, oh, still kind of up in the air with them. Still up in the air with them. Uh, will they make the wild card? I don't know. Do they have enough to push through even if they make the wild card? We'll see. We will see. And how about the Messi effect? I mean, that guy chose to come to the United States. He he could have had one and a half billion dollars from Saudi Arabia to play in their league. You know, Ronaldo went over there. Mbappe was considering going there. Of course, Neymar went there as well. And they got amazing deals. But Messi gave all that up to come to the United States and play in the MLS. And there's a lot to be said about that. I mean, people, yes, MLS is not the Premier League. It's not La Liga. It's, it's not even La Primera out there in Mexico. But... If you recall, in 94, the World Cup was held in the United States. Shortly after that, MLS came to fruition. All because of the World Cup. And we've had MLS and it has grown from just a handful of teams to now 29 teams. There'll be 30 teams in uh, 2025 when San Diego gets their thing going. So there'll be 30 teams in MLS. Messi decides... Not only to come to the United States to play at MLS, but play for one of the last place teams in Inter-Miami. And as soon as he comes here, they've turned that organization around. Kind of like what Dion did with Colorado. But they have not lost. They have not lost. And they've won a, a league trophy title. They may make the MLS playoffs. May. You know, Messi's out for a couple weeks now for international play, and, and the rest of the team's got to be able to step it up and maintain what they've been doing before Messi comes back. But they'll probably win the U.S. Open as well. So that's two pieces of hardware just since he's gotten here. And since he's gotten here, all eyes have been on the MLS. And I don't get me wrong, there have been several players that have come to the MLS that big names, you know, Beckham, Zatlan, uh, way back in the day, Theo Henry, uh, and the list can go caca out there in Orlando. So there's been quite a few big names that have come to MLS. And, you know, the joke is, you know, they come at the end of their careers. This is the retirement league for these guys to come and get paid. And, and maybe so, maybe so. But Messi chose to come here and play for the last place team. And have you seen ticket prices, ticket prices, to go to these games that Messi is playing in now. And I'm not talking about Miami. I'm talking everywhere else he goes. So, for instance, the other day when they played FC, I mean LAFC, the average ticket cost was $799. 
the average ticket. Standing room only was like $6.99 just to see Messi play. And guess what's happening in three years? The World Cup is coming to North America. So it was genius for him to come here because the spotlight is on him. He's bringing attention to the MLS. He's already brought over a couple of players, and I'm sure more players will follow, and they'll see, hey, man, we make a lot of money over here in the United States, which should help increase the level of play, the caliber of players that the United States has. I mean, look at what he's already doing with Inter-Miami and on the heels of the World Cup. It's going to propel the MLS into a world-dominant league. Now, it may never get to where the Premier League is, okay? Or La Liga. It may not, but it may come close. I mean, of course, they play in different seasons. I mean, they play in the summertime, not in the, the fall through the winter like Premier League. Well, they're just starting right now. Uh, but it's incredible what he has done, the messy effect. And it's just going to increase the popularity of soccer in the United States, which will eventually supplant one of the big four. Who's it going to be? It's not going to, he will never overtake football. Definitely will not overtake basketball. But baseball and hockey, MLS could supplant one of those as a big four. Or maybe they'd be a big five. I don't know. But it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time to see this happening. You know, I would like to go to a game to see Messi play, but I am paying $700 to go watch a guy kick a ball around for an hour and a half. You know, that's just my thought. Uh, man, hey, it's just great getting back on here with you guys. Uh, you know, I started another podcast too. It should be coming out. Um, I, it's with my team leader. As you know, I am a real estate agent. And so our team leader, the Aspire Realty Group, has started our own podcast. Um, so she, we should be putting that out. We should be putting that out in the future there. Our first episode talks about appraisals. So we want to keep an eye out for that. Um, and then yesterday I got the top agent award on badge for Zillow. I am a top agent on Zillow. So if you're looking for real estate, anything related, just give me a call. Even if it's just to be a resource for you to answer some questions to find out where things are going. You know, the market's tough right now. And that's the, always the question. Well, how's the market? Well, let's talk about your situation first before we talk about how's the market because everybody's different and everybody's needs are different. So what might be good or bad for somebody might be entirely different for you. With that, hey, it's great to be back. And uh, yeah, keep an ear out because I'll be putting out new episodes. Again, this is season two of the Flock Wizard podcast. And again, like or share. And if you have anything that you want me to talk about, let me know. All right? I'm out.